the rich is a saying derived from philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who said it in a warning against capitalism and monarchy. Quote, when the people shall have nothing more to eat, they will eat the rich. Rousseau was a major influence on the French revolutionaries of the 1780s. Yes, that French revolution, with the Women's March on Versailles, the Reign of Terror, the execution of Marie Antoinette based on false charges, and total upheaval of an entire nation which was destabilized for years. Desperation, isolation, greed, and beliefs make us do radical things. Alone in the world and desperate for a lover, Echo fell for the original narcissist. Watching his family starve, Jean Valjean stole a loaf of bread. Desire to possess the land Jesus walked on, the Christians of the Middle Ages slaughtered nations. And the situation in France wasn't so different. The enormous low-class populace was desperate. The middle-class leaders, greedy and shrewd, knew they had the numbers. They just needed to instill the beliefs. It was so easy to use the words of philosophy to promise a better tomorrow with just a few unpleasant and justified acts of violence today. Rousseau stated that when the people have nothing more to eat, they will eat the rich. Decades later, Marie Antoinette was famously asked, the people have no bread, what will we do? And she responded, then let them eat cake. Her remarkably out of touch response, whether true or legend, perfectly captures the crisis of the average French family. Starving, underpaid, overworked, uneducated, angry, desperate, stuck. When their monarchs refused to understand or care about the situation, what options did the common man have left but to eat the rich? Hello, witches, women, and other lovely listeners. I'm Hannah, the bipolar bisexual host of this bi-weekly podcast of Witches and Women. In this podcast, we get to explore the lives of powerful women, both real and mythological. Strong women have historically been labeled as witches or something else equally troubling, taboo, and easy to justify killing or dismissing. I'm telling their stories because most of these tales are amazing and all of them are fascinating. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play and if you do social media, connect with me through Of Witches and Women on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Of course, be sure you also check out the website, which is the most in-depth and exciting resource I can offer you. When you visit ofwitchesandwomen.com, you'll find fantastic merchandise of both the serious and salty variety. Lots of the merchandise is limited edition, so get it while we're still in ancient Greece. You'll also find the Grimoire Gallery, which is our internet gallery curated with art by today's working artists and featuring witches, women, and goddesses of ancient Greece. If you see something you like, you can support a small business by visiting the artist's portfolio sites to see, share, or purchase more of their work. Plus, you can even buy some of their prints starting at just $15 in the Of Witches and Women shop.
If you're not a fan of fake news, then you need to check out the Lamia Library, where I list all of my show notes and other resources and recommendations. Of course, subscribe to the newsletter The Oracle on any page of the Of Witches and Women website. Just scroll down and add your email address. The bi-weekly Oracle tells the shorter, fascinating, more obscure stories that we won't get to cover on the show. It highlights grimoire gallery artists, shares simple spells and book recommendations, and more. So don't miss out. Subscribe today. Circe is the sorceress most legendary in Greek mythology. Her power and her vengeance so fierce that thousands of years later, George R. R. Martin named his most cunning character after her. Probably. I don't know. Circe is the daughter of the sun god Helios, and either an ocean nymph or the goddess Hecate. I like to think it was Hecate who created such a powerful creature as she herself was almost too powerful to be allowed to roam the earth and is also credited as Circe's teacher and mentor. Circe is most famous for her role in the legend of Odysseus, but I think she deserves her own story. For centuries, Circe has been painted as a temptress and a predator, luring men to their downfall. However, Nowhere in the legends does Circe ever exercise any mind control. She's not a siren, she doesn't manipulate, she simply punishes those who invade her space and violate her boundaries. Circe grew up at the foot of Hecate, a known advocate for women in a time and place where Zeus ruled heaven and earth. Hecate raised Circe with love and protection, and she taught her advanced magical abilities not seen anywhere else in Greek mythology. Circe, the offspring of two immortals, was an immortal goddess herself, and as she grew, she sought solace on an abandoned, empty island, where she crafted beautiful tapestries and practiced her magical craft. She had tame lions and wolves who lived with her on the island for company, and she would of course occasionally leave to seek adventure elsewhere or visit friends and family. Of course, every now and again a rowdy and entitled ship full of men would wash up on her shores, slay her beautiful tame animals for meat, and once they spotted the breathtaking sorceress, they would attempt to treat her like meat as well. Hecate's attitude on Mount Olympus had always been, do no harm, but take no shit, and it's an attitude she passed on well to her best pupil. Circe had no interest in being ravaged by filthy pet-killing soldiers, but she wasn't bloodthirsty, and so she started a very unique collection. Circe collected pigs. Now. Circe's island pets did not include any pigs in their mist, but the sorceress, hurt, tired, frustrated, and violated by so many ships full of men, began to turn the rude, inappropriate men who landed on her shores into pigs, and boy oh boy did she amass a collection. When Odysseus landed on Circe's shores, he was polite and respectful and gained the favor of the sorceress. In fact, Odysseus lived with Circe for some years and they had children together. 
But some of Odysseus's men did not emulate his polite behavior and they were promptly added to her collection. Only when it was time for Odysseus to move on did he convince her to transform his men back into their original forms and he promised to take them away from the island forever. Interestingly, Odysseus speaks to a pig at one point, who says that he prefers being a pig to being a man, and the two have a discourse on the meaning and value of humanity. This conversation is just one piece of a large pie of sexual politics that Circe's tale serves up. During the Renaissance, male artists and poets transformed Circe's tale into one of a vengeful prostitute. But in the 1800s, women began to fight back with their own interpretations. English poet Augusta Weber rewrote the tale of Ulysses and his men arriving on Circe's shores. Instead of transforming the men into something they are not, Circe converses with them, and they realize that they are, and have behaved, at their core, like pigs. Animals who have performed acts unworthy of a man returning home to his wife and children. So Circe grants their wish, removing the burden of humanity and simultaneously the threat that they pose to her and all other women. Throughout the legend, Circe is a figure of fear and desire. Her body so perfect and enticing that men have no choice but to attack, like the animals she turns them into. And yet, these ancient poets turn the tale against Circe, somehow making it her fault that puberty treated her better than the rest of us. These same poets do not slander Aphrodite, Athena, or Hera for having the same traits of ethereal beauty, even though they wiped out the entire nation of Troy over a beauty contest. Listeners, let's talk shop, specifically the Of Witches and Women merchandise shop. We have beautiful prints and t-shirts created by contemporary artists, salty t-shirts, fierce joggers, magic coffee mugs, witch sister bracelets, stickers, and more merch designed by me as well. Plus, when you buy art, either as a print or a t-shirt, the proceeds go to the hardworking artist. And when you buy the other merchandise, I can afford to buy myself a Pop-Tart, a maybe. <laughs> so take a look at ofwitchesandwomen.com shop. Ironically, the completely self-sufficient, animal-loving, hand-weaving sorceress was a big hit amongst the wealthy and consumerists. She is the languid and sensual subject of plays, ballets, operas, and paintings. She may very well have been watching from the walls of the homes in France as the wealthy were dragged out and tried for their crime of hoarding wealth while their countrymen starved. What the writers of this legend originally found to be so disturbing is that Circe did not welcome the catcalls and attacks on her property, pets, or person. Circe is terrifying to the men who write about her because she is not afraid of her own power. Circe, a woman in a man's world, was born with certain gifts. 
and raised by Hecate to embrace and love herself and her gifts. What makes Circe so dangerous is the fact that she knows that she can eat the rich, so to speak. And so she does. And I bet that bacon tastes delicious. Happy Friday the 13th, witches. If you love creepy crawlies and scary podcasts, I'd encourage you to go check out the Terror Tales podcast, a weekly podcast by longtime horror fans Philip Ratcliffe and Tim Morgan. In their podcast, they discuss some of their favorite things about horror media, from the terrifying books to the spine-chilling movies, and much more. Recently, they've broken down the intricacies of Death's design in the Final Destination series. So if you're interested, go check them out. They're available on Anchor, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. This is our 10th episode, and already I've had more engagement from you amazing witches and other listeners than I dared hope for. Seriously, thank you all. Your hits on the website, show streams and downloads, and social media engagement always surprise and humble me. You inspire me to keep on keeping on, and I need that encouragement. So thank you, each of you. Usually this is where I would add a charm, but from now on, we won't be doing a charm at the end of each episode. Instead, charms, spells, grimoires, and magical book recommendations will come at the end of each Oracle newsletter. So be sure to subscribe today, and tell your coven, tribe, best friend, or the ghost in your closet to subscribe as well. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you all, and stay fierce, witches. Of Witches and Women is brought to you by SHH Media, LLC.